Gora hit the little blooper. Now, what inning is all this? Because we're I feel like we're confused as yeah. to because King, well, you were talking about pinch hitting. Yeah, that for, that for happened. Jay Bruce. But I said I would have hit for Kingery. What inning was it? I thought that was okay. the ninth inning so bottom, when all that happened. Bottom of the tenth, Scott Kingery was up. The game was 10-9. to 9. No, that's not what I... You're talking about the eighth inning. Oh, yeah, because Kingery, Kingery came fouled up, out to fouled end the out, inning 6-5. to five. Yes, he fouled out to somebody. At, it was 6-5 to five at that point. Yes, yeah, 6-5. to five, the fifth, That was after the Gene Segura home run, which allowed them to take the lead 6-5. They could have knocked in another run. That's when I would have hit for Kingery. Oh, so that's you're talking about a different scenario. I was talking about... In the in the tenth inning, yeah. Well, I wasn't watching at that point. Right, I gave up. <laughs> I had enough after the tent was on the circus, and then the tent got blown off the circus. I would be okay if they pinch hit for Kingery for Gossman. They're the man I, on third, sure. With the runner on third, you got the one run lead. I would have tried to get the extra run there. The way Kingery is struggling along, that's when I would have tried to hit with him with my hot bat Gosselin and see if I can get a two run lead with that bullpen. That bullpen can't have a one run lead. No, you can't you saw, have nice things. You saw Hector Neris in the game, and he wasn't even able to execute, and that's what we expect him to do, execute. But it is funny, though. Well, come on. What? You're trying to tell me you think Hector Neris is going to be perfect? No, I mean, no, no. He's going to have nights when he's not good. I agree, but I think that he should be able to get that one done. Sure. I mean, you're playing the Orioles, one of the worst teams. You got your closer, your team fights back, you hand your closer the lead, and the next thing you know, he costs it right back over to them. I think it's funny that off the air we're trying to figure out what inning was this, what inning's that. I'm looking at the play-by-play sheet of everything that happened during the break. Because I said to you, I'm like, I know Kingery fouled out. The yeah. first baseman caught the ball in foul territory. There was a runner on third base. I thought that came after D.D. hit the little blooper. It was bases loaded, and the runner went from first to third. So I thought Kingery came up with a runner on third base and two outs, but I thought it was after all that. Here it was a couple of – what inning was that, like the seventh, sixth? That was the bottom of the eighth inning. Bottom of the eighth inning. So it was still deep into the game. Yeah, there was a spot. You're up 6-5, a runner on third, two outs, and you got Kingery struggling. That's when I would have hit for Kingery. There's so much that happened from that eighth to tenth inning. It's unbelievable. How about Roman Quinn? We haven't even ripped apart Roman Quinn yet. The guy dove for that ball – you got to know you keep that in front of you, right? Got to. You have to. I mean, I hate again. I hate to. I hate to bang a guy for hustling, but there's times to hustle, and there's times when you, you know, make the bad play. There's a time when you just, you know, you, you have to know that I can't. I have to make sure that uh, ball stays in front of me. No doubt about it. And it went from one run scoring because the man on second base to an inside the park home run, a leadoff inside the park home run that scored two runs. Now, what's more little leagueish? The two guys missing the ball in the infield or the uh, the inside the park homer? I think more Little League-ish has to be the Phillies defense there with the fundamentals, wouldn't you say? No, I'm asking. Those are two defensive fundamentally poor things that occurred. Which one, though, is more Little League-esque? The third baseman and the first baseman not communicating and the ball dropping uh, to the ground or the center fielder trying to make the sliding play and the ball goes by him to the fence and he gets it inside the park home run. Like, I, those are two li- things you would see uh, on the Little League field. It's got to be Gene Segura and Reese Hoskins. That's your typical, you're watching California play Texas in August for the Little League World no, Series. No, they make that play. You, oh, <laughs> you're giving them the benefit yeah. of the doubt of making that play? If your two teams are playing in Williamsport, uh, Williamsport for the Little League World Series, they're not. that ball's not dropping. Yeah, especially like Chinese Taipei. Because if they Japan, do, they, somebody, they win every year, it seems. If that, that ball drops, somebody's dad's going to chew somebody out. 
No, no, no. They have the positivity microphone. Yeah. You're playing well, kid. Keep it going. It's like, what? The guy allowed seven you know runs and two innings. You know how hard it must be for those guys to have to be like that? Oh, of course. I mean, they have to be like, you're doing great, son. You're doing great. I'll be like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, you're at <laughs> that point. F-bombs? He probably was screaming at that kid's one round ago, and now he's like, hey, Billy, you're doing great, man. You're yeah, doing the, great. The you team's like, us- what is happening here? Hey, you only put us in a five-run deficit. No worries. You did your best. I mean, come on, man. Give me a little spit vinegar. You think Joe Girardi says that to the guys after the Dude, game? You know what's so hard? You're watching these games, and Girardi's got a mask on, so you can't see his facial expressions of how pissed off he really must be underneath that thing. What bothers me is they put Guerra back in the game. Oh and I don't God. understand the fascination with this guy. And I tweeted that out yesterday. I said, I don't understand why they keep going to this guy. But a lot of people kept coming back at me. Broach, who do you want out there? Well, and and that's they fair. Call up, they call Connor up. Brogdon. That's the guy that everyone's intrigued by. And Blake Parker, although he warmed up a bit, and apparently that was maybe too much for him, just the oh, warm-up. You no, know, he warmed up after Neris got into trouble. Yeah. Right. He warmed up at the end of that game, and then they didn't use him again. They put out Guerra. You just brought up Connor Brogdon. You know that Guerra doesn't work. I'm not saying Connor Brogdon's got to be able to walk in, and apparently it's a little early for him, but based off the circumstances, they're going with it. You got to try something new. You got to at least try something different. Don't keep throwing out the same guys. At at the 10th inning, Austin Davis was warming up. Now you tell me the Phillies actually find a way to win the to tie the game in the 10th. Was you feel confident about Austin Davis? Was Brogdon not there? No, he wasn't. They called him up when they sent down Nick Pavetta. I'm saying was he not in the building? Oh, I I would like, assume did he, he was. Did he not get there in time for the game? I would assume he did. Everybody else did. Right, exactly. So you're telling me you call this guy up, he's one of your better bullpen prospects, and you decide, eh, not tonight. Uh, yes, I guess so. That's how it had to have went down. Because I feel like we would have been informed, hey, Nick Pavetta got option to AAA, and Blake Parker made it, Connor Brogdon will be at the Phillies facility in a day. You, right? Like, if he wasn't there, yeah. you would think you would be informed that he wasn't there yet. Well, and full disclosure, I didn't see, like, the beginning of the game when they might have said all these things, so maybe he wasn't there. But I saw Blake Parker warming up last night, and he was they're only in Lehigh Valley. Right. I mean, that's what, a two-hour drive? Yeah, what was Connor Brogdon saying? Hey, I can't make it tonight. I have things to do. Now, Pavetta, I wasn't on yesterday. He was so bad the night before. This is, again, where I want to see Girardi without the mask on because, essentially, he called Pavetta, and it seemed that Pavetta was insulted that he was the guy that got the call in the 13-to-1 game. Did you see that phone call? In what world do you need to explain to a guy Hey, this is why you're going in in a 13 to one game. Right, that's like, the type of player Nick Pavetta is, though. He's the one that needs to be explained. Well, I didn't, like, so what? What was the like? Did Pavetta like say, "What do you want me to pitch for"? I don't know if it was to that extreme. I think Joe Girardi just informed him on why he was going out there. To- I mean, me personally, I probably would have just left Nola out there for no other reason than my bullpen is so bad, and this is what happened to you before. Look. In a perfect world, no. I don't need to see Nola pitch a complete game. I don't need that accolade to say, hey, he got the complete game. But at 89 pitches, you know what? My bullpen is so bad, I don't want to have to go through what I did before when I took a guy out early, and then I had to burn through three bullpen arms all because they couldn't get anybody out. And then that kind of 
because my bullpen's so bad, I might have to use a second guy and a third guy, and that could domino effect down the line for me. I can understand if Nola was at like 100 pitches or 120 pitches, and you didn't want him to go that far. He was at 89 in the ninth. I would have just let him finish the game out. He could say, hey, I got my first ever you know, major league complete game, and I didn't have to watch any of these dogs pitch. We had Pete Thompson on yesterday for Tuesdays with Thompson, and he said that he was furious with Girardi for not putting him out in the ninth. And I actually disagree with putting him out in the ninth. I think you're up 13-1. to 1, Your ace gave you that performance. While I understand where you're coming from with the snowball effect and all that, it's 13-1 to 1 and your ace did his thing. At that point, the right move 100% of the time is you take him out of the game. Not with this bullpen. Uh, yeah, Again, I said you can't have nice well, things. No matter how bad the bullpen is, they're not going to give up 12 runs. No, and they but, didn't. They gave up seven. No, so but he did the domino job. effect is that you had to pitch guys in a game that was basically won to get out of it so that they might not have been available for the next day. Well, do we care if they're available? Because they're not working anyway. Well, if they're not available, now you're going to guys who were even worse. Are they, Well, not really, because Nick Pavetta was your last option. So it's not like they put in their top r- relief pitchers. They put in the ones that they don't expect to ever really utilize, Dear and God. then that happened. But I can't Dear I Lord. can't look at Joe and say you did the wrong thing there. I think he did the right I thing. I want to see his facial expressions <laughs> under that mask. I want to He know. might wear the mask when all this is over. He might still wear it just Didi because. Too. Yeah, Didi's having a year. He yeah. might say, you know what, the mask is great. Yeah. Sports Bass brought to you by GMS Law. Make the right call. Don't go to the Phillies bullpen. They have four convenient locations to serve you. Visit them online at gmslaw.com. Mike and Broads, long day ahead. Sixers, Phillies, Flyers playoff hockey. We'll get a start time on that. I'm going to text the Flyers now and see what time they are tentatively scheduled to start right here on 97.3 ESPN. Off-season. By no means are we a finished product. What off-season? It's football at 4. Every day at 4 p.m. on the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN3 ESPN-FM. Kevin Durso talks Flyers with us tonight at 5.30. Josh has game night tonight leading you into the Sixers. I'm sure he will be previewing Sixers, Flyers, and at all. Uh, the new game night show from 6 to 6.30 tonight, an abbreviated edition, right here on 97.3 ESPN. Don't forget, download the free mobile app. Listen to the Flyers on your phone. I'm trying to get a time from the Flyers, uh, what time they are tentatively scheduled to start now. Let's see. Uh, oh, here it is. Still on track at 8.10 at the moment is what I'm being told. Wow. Washington Islanders puck drop is 4.04. Interesting. So they pushed back that game, but they didn't push back the Flyers yet. Well, keep this in mind. The 11 o'clock game was never never scheduled. That's true. So it didn't – I mean, I get – but he said the puck drop for this game is 4.04. What time was the original puck three, drop? 3 o'clock. Yeah, so see, that's why I thought it would at least – because it says it has to have 90 minutes between. Well, you would think – 4.04, four, let's see. Hockey is about two and a half hours. Yeah, give or take. So you're looking at about 6.30, which means if it ends at 6.30 – you got about 90 minutes to get you to 8 o'clock, 8.10. Yeah, I mean, he might be right. Yeah, I, I think you'll probably see more like an 8.30, 8.45 kind of thing. You know how they progressively push it back as things happen. You'll probably see more 8.30, 8.45 if if it goes, um, you know. You don't you don't know what's going to happen with this game as well, the one that's on before. That goes to overtime. Right. Now yeah, that's what, saying. that's what he's saying. Yeah. Uh, the email that I just got from the Flyers guy was 404 tentative. We are still set for 8.10. Anything could happen with the overtime. These, these playoffs have been... Bonkers. Very solid. Very entertaining. We talked about this the last four months. No fans in these playoff atmospheres. Will it change anything? Let me ask you. 
Are are you like all in? Is it to the point now where we're so programmed to not have fans that we don't even realize? Well, I it heard anymore? you talking to Josh the other day, saying that you feel that your presence has made us watch more hockey. Yeah, I think so. I'm not saying you guys didn't watch hockey before. I will say this: I've watched more this year than I have in the last since the fly. Whenever the Flyers are out, I'm usually out, and right. normally I'm not watching other games. I don't know if it's because there wasn't sports for five months or whatever it might be, but yeah, I am watching more of the playoffs. Um, the presentation I have no problem with. Me neither. The no fan hockey I don't have a problem with. I think the presentation of that's fine. The basketball, I don't have a problem with the presentation. I think they did the best that they could. In fact, you know, they got the virtual fans up there. They got the, you know, the video boards that have the logos of the home team and all that kind of stuff. I don't have a problem with, with any of the presentations. Like, there has been some people about the NBA saying, ah, it looks like Summer League. I don't even think it looks like Summer Like, some of the Summer League games look better. Oh, you think it looks better? Well, I mean, the games that are in uh, L- in Vegas, right? when they play those big you Summer like League the, games. You don't like the Orlando one? Right. <laughs> I thought that's what they were going to be playing in, like, just a place where there's nothing. Right. See, like, my m- mindset was, look, there's going to be no fans, and all you're going to do is see these empty seats. They did a good job of that. Baseball... With the cardboards, I think the cardboard does look better than the no Oh, no doubt. And now they're starting to expand. Now it's in the outfield. Now it's going towards the foul line, the foul poles. And You're seeing more of them. And, like, the outfields have tarps over them that have ads on them. I've seen, like, all right, so did you see the Blue Jays are playing their first game in Buffalo? Yes. And there was a video last night that did, like, a whole tour of the new plates. Did you see the new – what? By the way, the Buffalo Bison's got a major upgrade of their joint. You think Holy so? Holy mackerel. <laughs> but they have, like Boston does, they have, like, the logos, like, something up over top the dugout. They have, like, instead of putting the cardboards, they have, like, like the hockey does. They have the tarps up over the seats. I like the tarp look. I'm okay with the tarp look. I think with baseball, I prefer having the... Having the cardboard cut because it, it does seem more like people, but I'm okay with tarp as long as you I don't still, see empty seats. I still haven't seen the Fox broadcast with the with with the video fans. It's so bad, I can't stand it. It's because it's so random. Half the cuts don't have anybody in it. Then when it's a fly ball out there, left field or right field, magically there's these fake crowd people that are standing, sitting down. It's so awkward. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet because people have been like, you know. Um, when you turn on an ESPN game and then you flip on a Fox game, like which one are you drawn more towards? I'm, I am not drawn towards the Fox. Now, do you like the Nat sound? Yeah. Do you? I almost feel like okay. I was thinking about this last night as because I, I my back was to the TV. We're out in the porch. You've been on my porch. Yes. So we're eating dinner out on the porch, and my back was to the TV, but the game was on. But you know, baseball, it's like uh, you know, but that sound of like when there's a hit. And the crowd kind of like makes some noise, kind of like, okay, what I just missed there, you know, like I'm turning around. Like without that sound, it's like nothingness. So I think they need that like nat- natural sound underneath to some extent. I just think that they could do even more of it. I think they could do more too. Absolutely. I was going to say that. I, I think it's important. I think that it needs to be there, but they can totally add more to what they're giving you. And I think that that's something they started with when they went with just the noise in Citizens Bank Park and then the broadcast would pick it up from there instead of actually implementing the noise through the broadcast itself. Soccer, with the Premier League, they would boost the crowd noise through the broadcast. It's not playing out through the arena and the broadcast is picking it up that way. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that's the way that baseball needs to do it. But I'm okay with what they're doing now. It hasn't turned me off to this point. What's turned me off is the bullpen, not the actual sound. Don't know how I can fix that for you. I mean, the no, sound you can't stuff make a fo- I can make you some recommendations look, you're, for. You're shooting text messages to see what time the Flyers are going to play. Can you text Matt Klentak or John Middleton to say, hey, you know, me and Broach, we were talking. We would like you to fix the bullpen. You can't do that for me? Not yet. Okay. I'm not to that point yet. But I will say this. I have a better chance of fixing the Nat sound than I do the bullpen. I don't know if that makes me happy or not. Uh, guys, in hockey, what happens in the regular season doesn't always translate to the playoffs. Tampa Bay looked like an all-time great last season, but what happened to them in the playoffs? Upsets happen in hockey all the time. Go Habs, oh Canada. Oh, come on. Come on, he's going to come here and start going, go Habs on us? Yeah, right? I you mean, think he's just... wearing a Montreal Canadiens jersey today? Yeah, that's just like being ornery to be ornery. Right. Well, uh, to be fair, he has a point, right? I mean, there's plenty Does of teams. He, yeah, there's plenty of teams that are red hot in the in the regular we're season acting, and they though, get loose. We're acting though like last year where there was a historic thing that happened. All the number 1 seeds got bounced. Yeah. Never happened before. No. We're acting like that's the norm now. It's not the norm for all of them to lose, but look what happened to Chicago and what they did in this in this qualifying round. They knocked off a big time opponent. It, it's so normal well, hold in on hockey. Then. The, uh, all the big-time opponents were still five seeds. Yes. But or worse. But some of those teams were, like, playoff teams. Like, the Edmonton Oilers, Yeah, they were a playoff team. Pittsburgh's a playoff team, but they were still the fifth playoff team. But the Fly- you know how close the Flyers were to that fifth playoff seed with how well they were playing? They were super close to I that know. seed. Oh, I know. I'm just saying. My point is this: you weren't. It wasn't like you knocked off the Bruins or the Lightning or the Capitals or the Flyers. You knocked off the fifth team. Okay, but that fifth team is still very solid. They but are. he they does are. have a point where in hockey, yes, these teams can totally make a wild ride, and things happen all the time, more so than any other sport. But he's also acting as if you know we're excited about the Flyers. We think they can make a run. We're very intrigued. This is the first time in a long time. But we're not cocky about it or anything, right? Like, we're not sitting here saying, oh, this is going to be an easy ride in the playoffs. This is going to be well, no contest at all. No, we're, we're, we're just happy that we're here. Like, we're happy that we're here to actually have an exciting team. We're not being some cocky radio show screaming that it's a no-brainer Stanley Cup win. Here's um, the question then. Level of disappointment if you get upset by the 12 seed. 1 to 10? Yeah. 15. <laughs> 15. Because I think they're too good for that. I do. I do. I think they're way better so than the Canadians. So is that cocky if you're a no, 15? It's, no, it's not cocky. Because I don't I don't think that... Like, I think they can hang with anybody out there when it comes to this playoff run. But it's also not to the point where I at, demand a championship either. I think we're all at the point where... There's legit disappointment if the Flyers lose a series because you now believe they can win the whole thing. That doesn't mean they're the favorite to win the whole thing, although Vegas might think otherwise. Second favorite to win the whole thing. I just got the latest odds. Just got emailed to me as we're having this conversation. Was it? Of course. See if they've moved up the... uh... I don't know if I want them to be the first, though. That's normally not a good sign. All right. The odds to win... Let's see. Oh, this doesn't have NHL. This is uh, that's Bushley. This is spring football, golf futures, Masters, U.S. Open, and NASCAR. And they leave hockey out. Well, maybe disrespect. They, maybe they sent hockey earlier in the week. I didn't see it because I was off. Okay, maybe. 
All right, Sports Bash Live 97.3 brought to you by SHM Financial. Are you quickly approaching or in retirement? Don't get overwhelmed. Contact SHM Financial. Call 800-MONEY-SHM or visit online at shmfinancial.com. We got the headlines coming up on the other side of Sports Bash Football at 4 with Jeff Mosher. Doug Peterson returned today. We'll have the highlights of his press conference coming up at today's Football at 4. It's Flyers Playoff Hockey tonight on 97.3. Uh, don't forget game night tonight with Josh Hennings, Weinberg Wednesday. Dave Weinberg will talk uh, everything that's happening. We got sports, 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 and more sports happening. Yes, we do. Even MMA. From one MMA event to the next, they grow in excitement and anticipation. And UFC 252 is no different with two of the sport's most respected fighters stepping into the octagon this weekend. To celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering new users the opportunity to bet $1 to win $252 when placing a bet on the big fight. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code 973 when you sign up. Also, NBA playoffs right around the corner. They are offering $10 in free bets to use on in-game action every day of the first round of the playoffs. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey only. Restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We'll start with some NFL. How about the Buffalo Bills extending Sean McDermott six years? You know, there was a time when people wanted McDermott out in the worst way here. He was the defensive coordinator, and people didn't like him. They wanted him out. So he ends up getting canned. He goes to Carolina, becomes their defensive coordinator, gets hired as the Buffalo head coach, and now Buffalo is one of the hot teams uh, to bet on in the league right now. Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up because before they hired Doug Peterson, you had the Ben McAdoo, the Adam Gase conversation, and Sean McDermott was a name out there. I don't know how far it was taken with the actual Philadelphia Eagles to bring him in as head coach. but I don't his, think they ever brought him no, in. No, I didn't think they did, but his name was floating around in the, the sphere of, hey, he's out there kind of thing, and I was really intrigued by him. I'm not going to lie. I was more intrigued by Ben McAdoo, too. It was like him and Ben McAdoo. Very happy they didn't go with Ben McAdoo. But I was very intrigued with McDermott. Very happy with Doug Peterson being the outcome. But, you know, he's done a hell of a job there. And he deserves he deserves an extension. I think that he's very smart football mind. Guys love to play for him. You know? Yeah, no, I, I mean... I, look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I was like, oh, my God, how did they not hire right. him? What I wasn't to that extent either. But um, he has... They've done a great job. You know what they've done a good job up there doing is drafting. Yep. They've got a, got a lot of young players who have exceeded expectations, and they've done a good job of building around the talent that they have. That whole article uh, I posted at 97.3ESPN.com about the Eagles' under-25 talent, that's one of the problems. The Eagles just don't have a lot of young talent. You know, they're two top prospects. I mean, other than the fact that Rieger and Hertz like, came in this draft, are Derek Barnett and Andre Dillard. And Derek Barnett, not that we're writing him off by any means, but he hasn't lived up to the hype to this point. What makes you think that this year is going to be some massive, insane turnaround to the point where he was doing what he was doing at Tennessee? Yeah, I know. It's, it's... I think he's your standard starting D-end who's not special, who's not bad. He's just average. I think he's just average. He doesn't hurt your team, but he doesn't help your team either. I hope that changes. Oh, of course. I hope that, I mean, I know we all do, and it's like, oh, I hope that changes. Well, of course it does. I hope it changes because I think when he's healthy, he's been solid but unspectacular. And I'm okay with a guy who's just, like, Brandon Graham is solid but not spectacular. If Derek Barnett, like, he had six and a half sacks, I mean, I think he's a guy who does it quietly. I think his stats 
don't speak the truth, if that makes sense. I feel like his numbers make it seem like he's contributing more than he does. Do you think that's fair to say? Yeah, I mean, and it doesn't look like it. His name doesn't pop off. And, of course, he got some bad penalties last year, so people remember, though. He's like... Jason Peters had a great year, but he goes off sides every time. Now he goes off sides once. Right. You're right with that, but I do think that with Derek Barnett, the the unnecessary roughnesses happen a little bit more than the offsides do with Jason Peters. He has some boneheaded plays after after the whistles. Yeah, believe me. I'm not comparing Barnett's career to Peters' career. Now, going back to the Adam Gase thing and when the when the Eagles were going through that, I said I, I was interested in Ben McAdoo, which is so funny to look back at it now. Where were you during that? I were you anti-Ben McAdoo? Uh, he was, I think, if memory serves, I think I wanted the Eagles just to hire Shermer. Okay. Right? He was the um, interim coach, and I figured, look, they know the system. He's been here. He can kind of implement the stuff that he likes plus the stuff that he learned from Kelly. You know, and I forget, um, man, who was the quarterback? Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford. Because it was like they won that last game with him as the coach against the Giants. They won that game pretty handily. Remember when Sam Bradford had that preseason game? Yeah. We should do something one of these days where we go back and we look at some of the takes that we had that went wrong. I was like, like me sitting there going, yeah, I wanted Ben McAdoo. Looking back now, oh, that was an ugly thing to think about. Yeah, I was a fan of the Bradford trade. Oh, of course. I wasn't a big Nick Foles like guy like at that time. Oh, I, People I were like punch drunk because he, he was 27-2, and two, and then they traded him. I was on your side. Yeah. I didn't think I was – I was definitely not upset about it. Well, you hear Sam Bradford at that time. You still think of him that first overall pick at one point. There was some hype behind that in that regards. I wasn't on that, oh, how dare you trade Nick Foles or not utilize Nick Fans. Foles like that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, people were mad because they liked Nick Foles. This was before he won the Super Bowl. People were mad. Incredible times. All right, NBA. Now allowing people to go into the bubble, opening up the bubble a bit, allowing family. And we knew that this was going to be in play, but does it concern you in terms of this could go ugly? No. I think the NBA, the NHL seem to have their bleep together. I think the NBA is a clear example of quarantine being in the bubble and how it works. And the other sports not following suit having some problems. I mean, the Cardinals haven't played since last season, it seems like. I mean, they're in a worse situation than the Marlins seemingly were in. And it's all a product of, look, there's a possibility if you're living your life, you don't know who around you is doing what. In that bubble, you have a pretty good indication. I mean, you got buzzers going off if you're too close to somebody. So, no, I think the NBA will make sure that those people are all taken care of in terms of where they are, what they're doing, test it, and all that stuff. Are you worried about some people maybe sliding into some DMs, getting some people over, I'm, have I'm worried some about fun. that regardless, whether people are letting it in or not. So I you think that's this. happening now? I will say this. It is kind of odd to me, okay? You're watching Major League Baseball games with no fans in the stands. Yet I'm seeing some of these showcase events for, like, high school kids, and they got people behind home plate, like 50 people back there with uh, um, radar radar guns. guns. I mean, how is that possible? So I think at this point, and, you know, look, I'm somebody who I'm not like, hey, this is fake, this is a joke. I've been pretty cautious with a lot of stuff. 
I'm not cynical to think like this is all made up and this is all political. No, I think there's obviously some sort of virus going around. I don't know the extent of it. I don't know how big it is or how small it is, but it's enough that people are getting sick. And hey, you can't trust the guy next to you to just let him live his life and me say, I'm going to do my thing. So there has to be some sort of role, okay? But I think we are at the point where Major League Baseball games outside could have a half, could have sections spaced out with people. I think I feel pretty good about that at this point. Like, I think you can have, like, I'm watching these games, there's nobody there. Can't I put 10 guys in this section, 10 people in that section, 10 people in, the, and have like 10 people in each section all the way around the building? I mean, if I could have eight clowns sitting in the outfield fence outside of the stadium, they're on top of each other. I can't just ask them, hey, you want to sit in the ballpark? Space out. It's a good point you brought up with the people outside. How do you feel about that whole thing going down? I mean, now they got their own name. What are they called? I, I the Phil somethings yes. or something or another? It, it's funny because we sit here and we look at the Phillies and we feel like Phillies fans are somewhat frauds, if you will. Wouldn't you agree? We talked about this before. They're, they're, they, we're not a huge baseball city. Oh, no. I, I didn't say not. this for you. Yeah, Even, we're not. So how is it that the Phillies, the first team, I mean, they're nationally known right now, these people that are blowing the whist or blowing the horns and being obnoxious. They're nationally known around baseball as this crew. How is it the Phillies are the first team? Well, because team? they're knuckleheads. But they, they're not like hardcore fans. They're just knuckleheads. I think they're hardcore fans. They yeah. sit out there all, all the time for all these games. They get the best seat in the house. But, I no, seriously, I do think it's time. You know, look, I coach baseball. Those those fields are packed. Packed. I mean, we got more fans at these games than I've ever coached before because if people don't have anything to do. They're coming to watch youth baseball games. But there's no reason why you can have 50 people outside of the youth baseball game and can't have – 5,000 people spaced out inside a 40,000-seat stadium. Maybe they think it's not worth the risk. It's like, hey, we have a system right now that's working. If we open it up to, say, 5,000 people in this 60,000 stadium or whatever the case may be, maybe it's just not worth it. We're on a system that's working. We know St. Louis is having an issue, but maybe they, saying, maybe my, they go down that road. I guess my point to this is there's no rhyme or reason how a youth baseball league can have fans at it, but Major League Baseball can't. Like, I can understand the NBA and hockey. They're indoors. Baseball games are outside. Well, if I was at Citizens Bank Park yesterday, and the Orioles were pulling up when I got there, and it's just desolate around that area. That's all I'm saying. It's like, I don't know. Hey, look, I'm as cautious as the next guy. I'm not like one of these people who thinks, you know, this is a joke or anything. I'm just saying, if you're allowed, if you're allowing people to go to watch a kid pitch in, like, the perfect game uh, thing with all the scouts huddled up on top of each other. Why is that okay? And nope, and nobody can go to a Major League Baseball game. I would think at that point it is just precautionary stuff to make sure that they can continue to have the season. I'm with you, though. I would like to see that happen. And speaking of watching people I will say, play, and, and another thing. The whole point is, like, you're supposed to say six feet away. they got to wear a mask if they're at the game. There's 5,000 people in the stands. They're not close enough to the players that they're even going to be. So even if somebody in the stands was sick, theoretically, they're not even close enough to the player. 
Well, would the fear be that these people maybe go to the concession stand, the concession stand worker, then maybe get something, and then that concession stand worker is underground? There's a way to do that, too, I'm sure. I'm sure there is, but maybe that's the fear. I don't know. I don't have the answers for you. I wish we could see people in the stadium. But By the way, lineup's out. Should I be excited? Cutchy Cuts leading off. Okay. Reesey Poo hitting two. Mm -hmm. Look what I did there. Yep. Harper, three. Robuto, the DH tonight, hitting four. Nappers in, huh? Your boy, Segura, five. No, no. Notorious, I like Gregorious. That. I like that. Phil Goslin playing second base. No Kingery. No Kingery. Nap and Quinny. I love that. Now, here's where I would make the difference. See, I don't have a problem with this either. I'm not a big, like, oh, you got to play Goslin. No, his role is what it is. He's the hot bat off the bench. You play him too much, he's no longer the hot bat. He's your Greg Dobbs. I think Hastley should be playing over Quinn. Uh, I, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Hastley. Yeah, I, I think, um, I'm not saying like I'm totally out on Roman Quinn because he made a mistake, but I just feel the professionalism at the plate, it should go to Adam Hastley right now. I just think he sh he's, he should be winning that battle right now. What about this? Another headline. I'm sorry, I'm infiltrating your segment. That's here. okay. Jerry Jones tells reporters today that the Cowboys plan to play all their home games in front of fans. Can he say that? Well, he's friends with the president. Okay. Probably could get him to push it a bit. Push well, a little he's, bit. He's pushing a lot right now. So I guess he. I'm just saying, you know, is it going to get to the point where the Dallas Cowboys have this packed stadium exciting, and nobody, you know, all these other teams don't? Citing the stadium's naturally built airflow. Oh, so he's going to get all scientific on us. Yep. Now, earlier today, the Washington football team announced it will kick off, it will not kick off the season in front of fans which is the right move at this point. Yep. Cowboys plan to play all their home games in front of fans. I don't know how many, but he says in front of fans. Well, good luck to you, Jerry Jones. I wish you the best. Because we know here in Philly, New Jersey, Giants, Jets, Eagles areas, doesn't look like uh, now. But as of now, the state of Texas is allowing 50% capacity. I just find it so hard to believe that you're going to have some stadiums with fans, some stadiums without fans. Like, that is so ridiculously unfair. Would you hear the Florida governor? What did he say? He said if all the college football seasons get shut down, he would invite all the college teams to come down to Florida and play. In front of people? Well, down there, he probably doesn't care. How can you be so naive? I don't know. How is that possible? They got plenty of college football stadiums down there. You got Miami, Florida State, Florida Gators, Florida Owls, but Florida, just assume that South you can, Florida Bulls. Like, oh yeah, Central Florida. Let's forget everything that's going on. Let's bring everyone down here and open up these stadiums and allow everyone in there. How is that possible? Have you met people that you've come across in your day-to-day -day life? Yeah, it frustrates me and it irritates me and I don't understand it. Some people don't think the same way as everybody else. Well, I understand that there's not going to be 100% agreement on things, but this is just being naive. And this is why we're in this position now. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I say, college football not happening is a catastrophe that could have been completely avoided. And people who aren't furious by that, you have real, you are missing the fundamental point of leadership. That's all. Couldn't agree more. I had somebody blame the presidents of the universities yesterday. It's their fault. It's their fault. They they were the ones who canceled the season, the presidents of the university.
Oh, so shame on them. Yes, right. Do I know who this person is? You might. Okay. I have a guess. Dame Lillard. Did you see him last night? Yeah, 61. 61. And I, and I find it funny that he did this because when the, when the Sixers played the Trailblazers, he dropped 50-plus. I believe it was 51. Was it 51 points he dropped on the Sixers the other day? Yeah, 51. And uh, all I got in my mentions... Brett Brown's defensive philosophy is such a joke. You can't have Dame Lillard drop 51, all this, all that. And I go, you know what? There might be flaws in Brett Brown's defensive philosophy. I'm not going to say that there isn't because I think that there are problems. How about flaws in Brett Brown's defensive players? Yeah, very true. But my point (laughs) was... Who's have to defend Dame Lillard? Well, that's my point. And I brought up, look, Dame Lillard does this to everyone. Go look at the game log of Dame Lillard. You'll see 38, 37, 42, 45, 61, 53, 57. That's all he does. So how are you supposed to knock Brett Brown's philosophy when this guy does it to every team, on every defense, on every single night? I don't get that. Wait till they get a dose of Kemba. Not that Kemba's better than Dane, but you're going to get it for a seven-game series. Well, it's a shame that Ben Simmons isn't out there because I think that Ben Simmons could have gave him. And ben Simmons a, a has really, time. yeah. Ben Simmons has had a good year against Boston defensively this year. Yeah, I think you're going to lose that part of his game a lot. But going back to it with Dame, he was the one that said, "I'm only going back there if we get a chance. I'm not just going back there to do nothing." And he is really supporting that statement because he is carrying this team to that game. And could you imagine if they beat the Lakers? Do you think it's possible? Do you? Yeah. I know, me too. That's why it's pretty interesting. They went to the Western Conference Finals last year. They lost Nurkic this year for a good chunk of games. He's pretty important to them. And he's healthy now. Yep. Wow, that would be absolutely incredible. And it would be a tough matchup. I hope it happens. Me too. Oh, I think it's going to because if they play the playing game, they're playing a banged-up Memphis Grizzlies squad. They might not even get Memphis at this point. They're the, they are the eighth. Yeah, they're the eighth seed now. But somebody might pass Memphis to the ninth spot. How crazy that! Memphis was so entrenched. They got uh, Jackson got hurt. They fall out of the eighth spot. You figure they were at the very least going to get a playing game that they would get a chance to win. They might fall out of the playing game scenario. Very possible. Keith Smith has all the scenarios he tweeted out. He'll join us at five tonight. But there's all sorts of bonkers stuff that can happen in the next couple days. There's only how many games left down there? Two for each team. Sixers played tonight and Friday. Yeah, yeah, two for each team, I think. Unless, you know, one of the teams played that. A handful of games to answer your question each team has. All right, I got one I'm going to fire back your way. Okay. What do you think of this MLB talking about playing a bubble? It's like you read my mind. Okay. I have that up here for our next headline. I think what they're realizing is the bubble works. Okay, but you're going to play the whole season, make it to that point, and then decide to do the bubble? Like, what's the... I get get it. I'm not downplaying... I'm not ripping them for... Trying to be like, hey, we want to be, but you're you're basically saying we made it all the way here, and the reason we made it here is because we didn't have any. I guess they're saying, I guess I can see it from this aspect of, now that we're in the playoffs, we don't want guys getting lost because of COVID. Well, hold on. You also had the Indians have a couple problems where their team, their players were going out, doing things they shouldn't. Maybe because of that scenario, seeing the Miami Marlins and seeing the Cardinals, they're thinking, we got to do something to make sure that our product stays on the field during that time. Because 
Right now, you can get away with the Cardinals having this problem, and you can get away with the Marlins, but if it's the postseason, you can't just delay one series and then have everyone else play, no. and then you got to fix that series. No, and, and you don't want to lose because like, like one guy got sick, and he can't play in the playoffs because he's sick, and he's asymptomatic, and that would be a mess. So I can understand that. So they're talking about possibly playing like Dodger Stadium, Angels, and San Diego. I just think it's funny that the bubble wasn't play to begin with, and the players were thinking, no, 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 and now all of a sudden it's, hey, the bubble works. The bubble works. Well, I will say this, in defense of the baseball players, just on a small scale, they were talking about this back in, you know, April, May, and the concept of possibly having to be in a bubble for May, June, July, August, September, five, six months. Whereas hockey and basketball, maybe three months, and that's only a handful of the teams that are going to be there the whole three months. Like, as soon as this basketball, this round's over, this eight-game thing, those teams are out of there. So some teams were only going to be there for like two to three weeks. Whereas the baseball, if you're playing a whole season, you're spending well, the six 60, months in a bubble. Well, the 60-game season would have been two months worth. Right, but I'm talking about when they were – this was before the 60-game season. So the season, season would have started way before. Yeah, you remember when Correct. they were talking about you know restarting the season. Before they agreed, there was like two months of negotiating, and some of it was, oh, they're going to play in the Florida place and the Arizona, and then Texas got thrown into the mix. And they were like, I can't, we can't be in a bubble for six months. And at that point, I think the total number of games was 114, 80-ish. So you're right. It would have been a little bit longer than the 60-game season. I got to be honest with you. I'm watching Phillies. I've been watching most of the games. But the fact of the matter that they're like coming down the stretch, I'm okay with. Well, yeah, like, I just need 114. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't either. I'll be ripped. I'll be bald because I rip my hair out after every <laughs> single game. So you're right. I don't think I need it either. I'm also, I'm ripping my hair out because the New York Rangers got the first overall pick. Oh in the yeah, draft. I saw this. Lafreniere. Well, they were one of the teams that wasn't a playoff team anyway. Right, and and the way that if you look at why these teams who lost and got a chance to make that number one overall pick. They would have gotten a chance to get that first overall pick even if there was no COVID-19 because they didn't make the playoffs. Correct. So, in theory, it does make sense that I'm just glad that one of those chance. teams didn't get it. The Edmontons, the Toronto, well, how about this? the Pittsburgh. There's a slow-mo of the, because on NBC Sports Network, they did the draft. Like, you could see them put the balls in and the balls would be shaken up. In super, super slow-mo, zoomed in heavily on the balls bouncing, there was a quadruple doink of the Toronto Maple Leaf ball that was so close to going up the chute, it fell down and the Rangers one went up. So the Toronto Maple Leafs fans are losing their minds. They were this close to getting that pick. You could see it in slow-mo, bounce, 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 and then go the other That's way. And, and then the Rangers shot up and they got it. But it's a quick rebuild for this for this Rangers team. So these odds just came out. The odds for the Big Ten to play football in the spring. Plus 350, yes. Minus 650, no. Doesn't look like there's going to be spring football for the Big Ten. The odds saying yes, though, being plus 300. The fact that it's still, yes, it's plus a little. Plus 350. Yeah, but it's not plus 800. No, but it's minus 650. It could be worse, I guess. If you want to hold on to a little optimism, plus 350 might hold you in there a little bit. Eagles coach Doug Peterson is back. He spoke today. What was his key message? And how close are the Eagles getting to padded practices?